Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So before we get into immigration talk, because there's a, there's a, there's an interesting one for you. Guess who came out and said you got to have borders? Wait till you hear this. Um, but first, this is kind of breaking news from the Hill. They're report- kind of breaking news. Kind of breaking news. <laughs> so you you played so, part of <laughs> yeah the breaking of the news donkey, donkey. The, the breaking yeah. news donkey because it's when kind news of breaking breaks, news. The donkey brace. The Hill is reporting. That progressives are ready to tank the infrastructure bill. Their reporting is that the AOC crowd is going to hold firm and let the 1.5 infrastructure, 1.5 trillion dollar infrastructure thing go down. Since Nancy Pelosi's not putting it together with the 3.5 trillion dollar human infrastructure bill, the, wow, the one that is all about becoming France. So their reporting is they're willing to play chicken and and go ahead and just keep driving straight. Now, if this works, I'm it's tempted great to say, news. <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm tempted to say the Republicans will win the next nine elections because it is such an idiotic maneuver by the far left. Uh, on the other hand, and this is almost a little bit exciting. In fact, it is exciting. Nancy Pelosi is a nutcracker, a throat slitter. And, and if you see her in a dark alley at night, run in the other direction. I don't care if you're a Navy SEAL. I mean, she is vicious, and it, her her anger knows no bounds. Good morning. What is she going to do to the squad and company if they kill the, uh, the so-called legit infrastructure bill? Well, she's uh, really good at what she does, Nancy Pelosi, and she's got... What is today, Wednesday? She's got 24 hours, because the vote is tomorrow. She's got 24 hours to, you know, promise seats on committees or dollars for districts or or whatever she's going to promise or threaten. You can go either direction. Carrot and stick. What if they beat you with a carrot? What is that? Is it just confusing? I think you, you might die of irony. Um, um, she's got 24 hours to get because they've, they've, they've only got a five vote margin, so they can't have very many people peel off. Um, anyway, so that's some interesting reporting. If they actually get nothing, they don't get either one passed. First of all, that's great news for America, in my opinion. Um, but, uh, you know, we do need some work on the infrastructure. The, yeah. the real infrastructure bill is crazy bloated, I know. Yeah, it's only, whatever, 30% actual infrastructure. And the only reason some of those Republicans went along with it is to put the Democrats in this position because they were worried about both of them passing. Right. Um, so we'll see what happens. And uh, tomorrow's the, the voting day for that. You know, uh, this uh, a transition into the immigration thing is, is uh, I heard a podcast yesterday where they were talking about this, and I think they're absolutely right. Joe Biden got elected president by ignoring the Twitter crowd, by realizing Twitter's not America. Democrats are Democrats, Republicans are Republicans. I know what America is. He ignored the Twitter, Twitter crowd to a certain extent and won the nomination and uh, and got elected president. The, Bingo. The Kamala Harris's and Elizabeth Warrens of the world think Twitter is the real world and followed that. Well, for some reason, after getting elected, Joe Biden or his people, I don't know how much he pays attention, his people have all of a sudden decided Twitter is America. And so they're listening to the Twitter crowd. He should come out against the $3.5 trillion thing. And in mm-hmm. favor of the $1.5, he'd get elected president. And same on the immigration. If he came out and said, look, we have to have borders, he'd be unbeatable next election. 
Except that he will not beat the hand of God in time. True international average of pressure. Speaking Please, to he's what? Never gonna run again. Speaking. Well, we probably I don't know to run the clip now. I'm dancing around this, and it's making it complicated. Well, I was gonna say, you know, Obama famously said to Joe Biden, "You don't have to do this, Joe." Meaning, run for president because he knew Biden was heading towards senility and the rest of it, and there's also a gaff machine and a half wit and uh, you know half a dozen other descriptions. Uh, but Obama is not a dummy, and uh, he had some interesting things to say about the border. Sixty, please, Michael. Days after the Biden administration cleared 15,000 Haitians from the Del Rio migrant camp, former President Obama defended his VP's handling of the border crisis, passing blame to the GOP. Comprehensive immigration reform has consistently gotten stuck, uh, partly because we can't get enough Republicans to support it. But cut from that interview and published only in the online article was President Obama saying, quote, at the same time, we're a nation state. We have borders. The idea that we can just have open borders is something that, as a practical matter, is unsustainable. Little reaction from the Biden White House. Does President Biden agree with President Obama that open borders is unsustainable? We don't have open borders. So yes, he agrees. Build bridges, not walls. So I find it interesting. Who was the interview with? I believe it was Robin Roberts. Why? ABC News. And they cut out the most interesting part? Yeah. Why would you cut out the most interesting part? Him saying progressives, it made him uncomfortable. God, that's unbelievable. That's absolutely unbelievable. So that's ABC News. They leave in the part that the reason we've got a border problem is the Republicans not admitting and not even gesturing toward the fact that both sides do it. You can't get it through the Democrats because therefore anything that's not amnesty for everybody here, they won't vote for. Right. Which is too far. You've asked for too much. That's why the negotiations have failed. And you cut out the part where the former president of the United States, the most popular politician in America in the last 40 years, says, we are a nation state. We have borders. The idea that we can have open borders is something that is, as a practical matter, is unsustainable. That is a, right. That's a fascinating thing for him to say. And then back to my previous point, which is, if Joe Biden said that exact same thing, I think he'd be unbeatable in the next election. Like 85 to 90 percent of Americans agree with that second thing that Barack Obama just said there. Right. Right. And he would get and Biden would get killed by the Twitter left. But again, ignore the Twitter left. It's a tiny percentage of America. I was just going to say there are plenty of uh, liberals uh, with whom I might disagree about government policy and that sort of thing. But I mean, they're they're sentient beings. I mean, they're reasonably intelligent. The crowd that believes in something like open borders is unicorn riding, throwing uh, the the sparkles. What do you call the sparkly stuff? Glitter. Glitter, throwing glitter in the air, wearing fairy costumes. I mean, they're completely out of touch with reality. And the fact that. ABC would cut that from from the interview is so revealing. I, that that's the most interesting part of the story. I mean, because an anchor <laughs> that's that's not exactly a sophisticated opinion Obama has based on his years in office. I mean, it's it's freaking obvious. Wow! Unless you're a unicorn riding uh, fairy duster, you interview the pre- the former president of the United States. You leave in the it's the Republicans part fault part. Yeah, and cut out the obvious. Well, you got to have secure borders though. Sure. You cut yeah. that out of the interview. That nah, we don't. They're, they're shameless, utterly. That shameless. is, uh, well, that tells you what corporate media is. The cathedral is the popular term for that now. That's what the cathedral is. What's that now? 
The cathedral is your uh, your mainstream media and the university system that controls huh. the narrative of everything. Oh, because it's like religious dictates that you dare not resist. If you're a, or you're a heretic. If you're a dark net intellectual following that crowd, that's what they call it. Oh, wow. I kind of like it. It is cool. Huh. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, Obama blaming... Republicans for the onslaught, the hundreds of thousands, I mean the Haitians, the 15,000 Haitians got a lot of attention, but you got to remember, it's hundreds of thousands of people, month after month after month, sneaking into the country and or getting apprehended. Obama attempts to blame Republicans. Who do immigration activists blame? This report is so interesting. 61, Michael. For many migrants, a feeling of betrayal. Joseph is one of the 10,000 Haitians stuck in Tapachula who thought he would be welcomed to the United States. Biden has promised we can go over there and some of us will have the opportunity, you know, to start over. So now we go to the United States and then we, could, we get deported to Haiti. Not to Chile, not to Brazil, not to Colombia. Not to Mexico, is to Haiti. So this is the worst situation. The situation drew a surprise visit from the director of the U.S.-based immigration rights group, Pueblo Sin Fronteras, who played an integral role in facilitating the caravans of 2019, taking aim at the Biden administration over their handling of this crisis. The migrants and the American public are getting a mixed message from the Biden administration. And it's actually more cruel because at least... Donald Trump knew how to tell the migrants not to come. And the Biden administration does not have a clue of how, what they are doing. It is much more cruel what Biden and Harris are doing. Trump made it clear you're not getting in. So people didn't sacrifice their entire life savings, their safety, have their women raped, their children die in the desert, etc., only to get the old, uh, you know, the head fake. The switcheroo from Biden when they finally get to the border. This guy who heads up an organization called, well, the the translation is Homes Without Borders. This guy says the Biden administration is cruel. I would agree. How could you not agree? You know, going back to what Obama said, since this is is or should be a national conversation, the whole border thing. Barack Obama the most popular Democrat in America, the most popular politician, period, in America. Obama! Saying the idea we can just have open borders is, as a practical matter, unsustainable, is such huge news. He weighed in on the issue with a hot take that is very interesting, and they tried to cut it out. They yeah. tried to leave it out of the conversation. Again, shameless. Yeah, it's, it's hard to have uh, any national discourse when you've got those actors involved. Yeah, yeah. So uh, on to other fair coming up. Let's see. Let me look at the, uh, oh, whoops. If you're looking at going solar because you're green, you might get uh, disappointed by China. Um, also, oh, a delightful story about releasing criminals because of COVID. I'm tired of talking about the president, but the whole F. Joe Biden chanting thing that seems to be catching on at football games and restaurants and. Oh, uh, yeah. All across America. Yeah. With certain it's not, crowds. Uh, it's, it's funny. It's probably not great. It's not classy. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you see, you know, school moms howling F-bombs in public, <laughs> chanting. I just, I'm not comfortable with it. <laughs> uh, boy, and it's going to be tough to get your Christmas presents 
holiday shipping problems we need to talk about, among other things, on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Either you get your kids the vaccine or they can't read or write. Those are your options. Explain that in a second. Wait, wait, wait. Breaking news. Get Brandon out again. Breaking news. Wow. Twice in one hour. That is not a rented mule. We own that mule. Straight out. This is such exciting news for fans of equity, which is so important to all of us. March Madness will now be used for the women's Division I basketball tournament. Now, officially, the women are part of March Madness. It will be used to describe them. All right. So uh, here's, here's Please the Please do not use so, gendered language to, to address everyone. Yeah, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are they going to start referring to the women's Division I basketball tournament as the people with ovaries division? But no, menstruating people. But if you're transgender, you don't menstruate. So what are they going to do? I don't know. It's a quandary. Here's the problem. Here's why these times are so silly. The men's tournament was called March Madness because that was a description. 64 teams, sudden elimination, upsets galore, one game after another. That's, that's, people decided to call it that because it was. It's madness, it's like, I tell you. It's like insisting that you call the Go-Go's the world's greatest rock and roll band in addition to the Stones because, you know, <laughs> equity. That's not the way these things work. God, these are silly times. You had to choose the Go-Go's. And a fine, fine group they were. <clears throat> Belinda Carlisle has a new book out about her life. I'm not going to read that. Not at the top of my list. Uh, the great Getty Lee of Rush, his uh, memoir out next year. I can't wait for that one. That'll st- be interesting. I started the latest book that's out about the French Revolution uh, that uh, getting a lot of praise. Man, interesting stuff. I look forward to talking about in coming days. Listen to Rush's Bastille Day while you read that. Wow, you com- like. combine the two topics. Oh, please. That's why I'm here. So this is uh, this happened yesterday. An hour of public comment, the San Diego Unified School District Board approved unanimously mandatory vaccines for students and staff. If you work there or go to school there, you got to get the vaccine. Ain't no choice in the San Diego School District. So similar to Los Angeles and New York and a few other school districts around the country. Um, but it's it's probably coming to your area. Now, so just keeping score, adult illegal immigrants who are then distributed to the country, no. Little school children who are at practically zero risk from the COVID, yes. Okay. Yeah. The district said it was proposing the vaccine mandate to, quote, ensure the highest quality instruction in the safest environment possible for all students and employees. That was just a bunch of words strung together. Well, if your goal is the safest environment possible, it's going to be a very weird, unfun atmosphere. Well, yeah, the safest thing possible would be to drug the kids and and strap them to their their seats. That's that's such idiotic thinking. To ensure the best possible education and safest possible environment, blah, 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 blah. The The kids are at no freaking risk. 
or practically none. If you got a, a coexist at a comorbidity, then get the shot. That's fine. But the average kid, there's practically no reason for it. So the uh, school board president for San Diego said both parents and staff, the overwhelming majority that we hear from are saying this is the right step to take. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I It might be. I mean, I think in my, uh, where I live, where, you know, parents have their kids masked outside at parks, um, they might be the majority that want that. Of course, they also might be reacting to the loudest voices um, that agree with them. The Twitter mob, as we were talking about earlier, so I don't know. Well, right, and I'm trying to uh, dial up the uh, statistics, and I think I found them. Um, I would prefer blah, 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 blah. my kids' yeah, teacher. I would prefer my kids' teachers are vaccinated. Um, I don't think I need to. I don't care that all the other kids in the classroom are not vaccinated. That doesn't bother me a bit. Sending my kid to school. Right, I'm trying to find these statistics where uh, where liberals were believe there was an 80 times higher risk for children from COVID than there actually is. And if you are in an information bubble, an information silo, and you think the danger is 80 times higher than it is, I can understand why you'd be in favor of that. But we're going to jab kids because of people's ignorance? You know what? That's what they ought to do at the beginning of all these meetings. Let's go through the latest data from the CDC on the risk. So we all are operating from the same facts. And then we'll have our discussion. Because you might have a lot of wide-eyed people in the room who say, wait a second, only 500 kids nationwide in a year and a half have died from COVID, and half of those had comorbidities? I didn't know that. Are you telling me there's a 1 in 23 million chance that my child would die of COVID? I didn't know that. Yeah. Anyway, that's where we are. If you miss an hour, get the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. There is a plan B for the debt ceiling. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says Democrats are discussing their options, including minting a trillion dollar coin. Oh, good. Because if there's one thing people never lose, it's coins. Just to be safe, why not also mint some trillion dollar AirPods? Now, I hear you asking, what the, huh? What coin? This trillion-dollar coin idea was first floated by legal experts during the Obama presidency, citing a strange federal law giving the U.S. Treasury Secretary the power to issue platinum coins of any value she wishes. Now we know what Obama meant when he talked about change. Yeah, it's uh, complicated. Some people believe it makes sense, but most people believe it doesn't way of dealing with the economy and printing money and whatnot. It's a federal... It's a money policy thing is what it is. Anyway. Trillion dollar coin. A trillion dollar coin. Well, you would want to keep track of that. Oh, geez. Well, I, I find that on the street. I had it in my right it. pocket. I know I did. I must have fallen out when I pulled out my keys. Um, This is pretty big. So I wasn't aware of this until today. Google and Facebook and Twitter and a lot of your leading sources of information have already been on the train of stopping uh, vaccine skepticism for, from existing. Facebook got rid of that stuff a long time ago. Twitter did a long time ago. Google's been, you know, trying to weed it out of your searches and that sort of stuff. But YouTube, YouTube has been way more toward the we want more information, you know, 
so people to be able to discuss. But today, YouTube announced they will ban any video that claims vaccines are ineffective or dangerous from now on and has suspended the accounts of many prominent vaccine opponent, vaccination opponents, including Joseph Mercola, Macorla. I don't follow these people. Do you know? Uh, and uh, no. Ro- Robert F. Kennedy Jr., I know he's uh, anti-vax all the way around. Um, uh, but YouTube had, had, deci- had been holding up against this. So this Dr. Mersola, and uh, sorry if I'm pronoun- pronouncing his name wrong, and you like watch his videos every single day, and you're... Mercola! Jack, you idiot, how do you not know who this guy is? But he wrote a piece today uh, after getting his site pulled down. The world is becoming increasingly aware of the rampant corruption in the media and are rising up against tyrannical governments in the pharmaceutical industry that are coordinating this assault on our freedom and civil rights. Anyone who asks questions or challenges the hard sell is immediately censored on social media. State governments and employees, healthcare workers, and emergency responders face loss of their jobs for refusing the vaccine. The United States federal government was directly funding the dangerous gain-of-function virus research that led to this global pandemic, and the media helped bury any evidence of the lab leak. That is a damn good point to make. Look, we've got a case study in this very thing as recently as like a year ago when the when all of these people were wrong, when they banned any skepticism about th- this virus coming from the bat market, the wet market. Turns out they were wrong, but they suppressed all that information and it's had worldwide effects. So right. how are you so certain that this time they were right? That is a brilliant point and powerful. You know, well, any hesitancy, any I don't know about this. Well, you use the word skepticism without skepticism. We're dead. Yeah. You know, I've said this. uh, I tweeted this uh, a couple of months ago. It's one of the few real insights I've had about myself ever. I'm just smart enough to know how smart I'm not. It's tragic. (laughs) I can see the full level of dumb that I am. I'm smart enough to appreciate how dumb I am. So it's it's kind of the the uh, the we all learned a couple of years ago studies that incompetent people don't know they're incompetent. Stupid people Mm -hmm. don't know they're stupid. That's why they act the way they do. They have no idea. Right. And then you, you get past that to a level of. You either know you're really, really smart, or you know how smart you're not, or whatever. And you're right, yeah, that's torture, so it'd be, it'd be handy to, like, I have no idea how dumb I am. If I was one <laughs> IQ point lower, I wouldn't fully appreciate sure. all the things I don't get. It'd be very handy. Anyway, it's a little depressing. But I'm also, I think, smart enough to recognize really smart, capable, sane people. And I'm not seeing a lot of them in charge of COVID policy, in charge of our media, in charge of the, uh, you know, certainly the guys running the social media uh, conglomerates are smart as heck at computer science. But in terms of wisdom and the rest of it, it's really, really disappointing what we've seen. Uh, and to get back to a previous point, a couple of things. Number one, I found that uh, that poll. It was from late December of last year, which I grant you is, you know, it's now about 10 months old. I don't see a lot of evidence that in the blue parts of the country, um, the people have become much more savvy about the risk of COVID. I mean, you talk about your very blue town where people still have their children masked outdoors in parks, which is idiotic. That is a superstition. You're wearing garlic around your neck to fend off vampires, you realize. 
There's every bit the rational basis <laughs> for one is the other. And I found the uh, the information. Democrats estimated that for people 24 and under, never mind just children, but 24 and under, they estimated that the the uh, share of deaths from COVID was 87 times higher than it is. 87 times. So, of course, if you believed that, you would be for all kinds of policies that you wouldn't be for, be in favor of, right. if you knew the actual data. Yeah, just absolutely indefensible. Anyway, having said that, <clears throat> back to the skepticism about vaccines. And I, you got to throw this in. We should throw this in all the time because I think it makes the point more powerful. Joe and I both got vaccinated. First chance we got. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've not known a problem. But the idea that you're not going to allow skeptics or anybody who says, hey, I did an experiment and found this, or I looked at the data and figured this out, whether it's real or not, you're not going to allow that? Right. It's crazy. Right. It is, and, and dangerous. So this is a quote uh, sent along by Kevin of Colorado. Uh, this is, you know what, I'll tell you who it is at the end. <clears throat> Until an infectious disease crisis is very real, present, and at an emergency threshold, it's often largely ignored. To sustain the funding base beyond the crisis, we need to increase public understanding of the need for MCMs, which is, uh, oh, I just, I had it in my head before. It's uh, medical measures, in uh, in essence, to cure diseases. It's, it's cures and treatments. Um we need to increase public understanding of the need for treatments such as a pan-influenza or pan-coronavirus vaccine. A key driver is the media, and the economics follow the hype. We need to use that hype to our advantage to get to the real issues. Investors will respond if they see profit in the end of the process. So here is somebody saying the public doesn't get the need to really study vaccines for pan-coronavirus epidemics, okay? We need to drive the hype in the media, and then when there's clearly going to be a profit, then the investment will flow. That was a quote from 2017 from the infamous Peter Daszak, whose life's work was working on these coronavirus vaccines and working on coronaviruses in general and okayed and funded the gain-of-function research. So among these just wonderful so-called health experts we're supposed to be trusting, there are all sorts of conflicts of interest. The idea that that all skepticism should be stifled, I'm pro-vaccine. I think that's obscene. Having said that, one more COVID-related idiocy story. Um, Really great reporting, as usual, from Axios. This this just popped into my head before you get to that. Yeah, go ahead. About all that sort of stuff. How many people, when they put on their mask, are putting it on to protect themselves versus COVID or to fulfill the requirement to walk into a building? Would you guess? How often Gosh, about with I you? Don't know. The, the second group, I get. The first group, I, I'm I'm vaccinated. I should have pretty good immunity in spite of getting that, that stupid Pfizer. Um I don't so think I, I, I don't think about it. I don't think I've put on my mask to protect me against the disease. I don't know in how long. It's only because I think I'll get in trouble. If yeah, I it's put purely it to avoid hassle. Yeah, that's interesting. Isn't that you know, interesting? I wonder what percentage of people are like that. 
If it's the majority, we really ought to take a look at this. Yeah, I would agree. I'm trying to find, uh, where the heck did I put that? Um, As a target yesterday, they're still wiping down all the carts in between. So after somebody uses the cart, they've got employees working like crazy to wipe down all the carts. We've known for over a year that it's not transferring that way, but transmitting that way. But they're still war- wiping down all the carts. I mean, it just, I, 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 there's way less logic going on and more human emotion is going on than I would have ever guessed. Yeah. Oh, here it is. I think I found it. Okay, this is a perfect time to mention this in the wake of the uh, YouTube silencing any skepticism. Mentioned this during the freedom-loving quote of the day um, the other day, which we do toward the beginning of the show in hour one. John Stuart Mill from his classic On Liberty. The general or prevailing opinion in any subject is rarely or never the whole truth. It is only by the collision of adverse opinions that the remainder of the truth has any chance of being supplied. We've completely lost our sense of that. That's good. You know, at some point we'll get to the, uh, the, the st- courts. Criminal courts have come to a standstill because of COVID in this country for some reason. So all sorts of criminals are being t- turned loose on the streets because of COVID and COVID policies. And crime rates are skyrocketing. Gee, could there, can somebody connect the dots for me? I don't have a Ph.D. in criminal studies. She had a couple of generals being asked hard questions by senators yesterday. Some of the answers conflicted greatly. With what the president himself said, we'll bring that. This is a big story. We'll bring it to you next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I recommended that we maintain 2,500 troops in Afghanistan. My assessment was... uh, Back in the fall of 20, and it remained consistent throughout that uh, we should keep a steady state of 2,500, and it could bounce up to 3,500, maybe something like that. Their input was uh, was received by the president and considered by the president uh, for sure. So no one, no one told your military advisors did not tell you no. We should just keep 2,500 troops. It's been a stable situation for the last several years. We can do that. We can continue to do that. No, no one said that to me that I can recall. Not that I can recall, says the president. He had a couple of generals say yesterday in front of senators that they told the president needed to keep at least 2,500 troops there, and then you had the Secretary of Defense saying, "Yeah, the president heard these." specifically saying he heard these. Then you've got the president telling George Stephanopoulos a few weeks back that he didn't get any advice like that that he can recall. So do you think he doesn't remember? Or he's lying? Well, what's really notable to me is you got the SecDef, you got the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, you got the leader of CENTCOM, and the guy on the ground running Afghanistan. It was like a, a church choir of people singing, leave 2,500 guys there. And he doesn't recall anybody saying it at all? I mean, that's either a, a, a bizarre lie that he would have to know he'd get caught in, although Biden has a history of that, or he's senile, or both. Pull that bad and kept care. Well, uh, he's a lawyer, and I think maybe he chose his words carefully the way lawyers do. He said, no, I didn't get that advice that I can recall, because nobody can prove that you can recall things. That's why people say that sort of thing under oath all the time. Well, that brings us to Joe Biden's infamous bad judgment that he didn't say, yeah, the generals thought that militarily that was the way to go, but that would be a perpetual presence of American troops in Afghanistan. I didn't think it was worth it. I want our guys out, so we planned on the withdrawal. 
And I mean, why, why go with the lie, the lawyerly lie, instead a, of just a statement? Especially when two-thirds of America agrees with you. Right. Two-thirds of America would say, yeah, I get that. Generals would have kept fighting the wars forever. So you got us out. Fine. The way it ended was obviously horrible. Could have been better, but as far as getting out, I'm fine with that. Instead, he goes with the, nobody told me that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And he's getting well, grilled by the uh, House today, those same generals. So we'll see what comes out of that. Some fine grandstanding, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, this is consistent Joe Biden activity. I don't know how you could have expected anything else. I mean, it's something to see. Usually he could get away with it in the Senate because it's just amusing. Um, yeah. I, I, so I don't know if he'll pay any political price for that. Uh, he's paying the political price on a couple other fronts. There's new polling out where he is uh, down in the 30s on immigration. I said, you kidding me. And and remember, Politico reported a couple of, not long ago, that they thought that was their biggest vulnerability was immigration. But his numbers went down on Afghanistan, obviously, also because, um, well, of what you just heard. Oh, you know what? We ought to play a clip 43. It's Mississippi Senator Roger Wicker uh, asking uh, General Milley a question. Our credibility would be damaged. Our credibility has has been gravely damaged, has it not, General Milley? I think that our credibility um, with allies and partners around the world and with adversaries uh, is being intensely reviewed by them to see which way this is going to go. And I think that damage is one word that could be used, yes. Mm, Wow. Wow. That ain't good. No, it's not. What do you think the generals would like to say if they weren't serving their commander-in-chief and trying to be good officers? What do you think they would like to say? We told him repeatedly of the hazards of withdrawing our people prematurely. He wouldn't have it. He wanted everybody out no matter how we begged. And this has been a disaster, and he got 13 of our people killed, and now the world thinks we suck. And right, exactly. And uh, all y'all are acting as if this was our decision or we thought it was a fine plan when we hated it. So go ask the old man on Pennsylvania Avenue. I'll bet that's what they're saying. And again, to the point that if Biden was still coherent, he could say, look, I understand they disagree, but I have the I'm the decider, as George Bush said. And, uh, you know, I decided. Have you watched any of Squid Game on Netflix? Squid Game? No, I've mm-hmm. not. It's maybe the most awful thing ever put on television. <laughs> well, that's saying something. It's a, it's a horror show. It's a series. Okay. And it's horror. I, do, I it's, don't generally tune into horror. I don't either. I never do. I, I don't understand people who like it, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, fictional deadly game show in which poverty-stricken characters compete in various contests to win a 27 million pound cash prize. Characters getting shot, organs harvested, etc. <laughs> Sounds great. In each episode... <laughs> nice way to relax at the end of a long day. In each episode... No kidding. Hey, you want to watch Friends or Squid Game? In each episode of Squid Game, characters take part in bloody versions of traditional children's game, uh, uh, children's games, with the winners progressing to the next round. The losers are executed by a masked death squad standing by with machine guns. 
In the Barbaric! Fi- in the final episode of Squid Game, and this is a popular show on Netflix, in the final episode of Squid Game, uh, the main characters are pitted against each other, uh, um, with one eventually tasked with killing his closest friend in order to win the game and take home $45.6 billion do- uh, won, which is $28 million. It sounds wow. gruesome, but the only reason I really mention this is I think it is uh, some reflection of where we are as a society in the modern world. Gladiators. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Of course, the Hunger Games was more or less the same thing with children. <laughs> and a very, very popular movie made, made J-Law an international sensation. Well, and sold millions and millions of books. Hey, just a, a stray thought. Uh, Art and beautiful uh, Florida sent this along. My conversation about being just smart enough to realize how dumb I am. It's an ancient Chinese quote. He says, I mostly hate quoting the Chinese, but I think this is very true. He who knows not and knows not that he knows not is a fool. Shun him. He who knows not and knows that he knows not is willing. Teach him. He who knows and knows not that he knows is asleep. Awaken him. He who knows and knows that he knows is wise. Follow him. She had yes, yes in her eyes, but no nose on her face. <laughs> How beautiful. <laughs> if you miss an hour of the show, we have it in podcast form. Where sure, Armstrong and Getty On Demand, yeah. There you go. I think you'll really like it. It's, just, yeah, it's about like what you just heard, so <laughs> I don't, it's up to you. Armstrong and Getty.